Hey everyone, welcome back to Beauty School Bobby. Today I'm here with my friend and very special guest, Evan Silver. Hey! Evan, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for waiting on me. I got <laughs> stuck in traffic, but I made it. So you thanks made for it. having me. That's all that matters. You and thanks to all now. the production crew. <laughs> Because they waited around. So this you got a great team. This is was meant to happen. Our interview, if, had we done it at one o'clock, would have been terrible. This is going to be a good interview. Yes. This will be the good one. Yes. So it's worth it. Um, I was going to do an intro on you, but you have several different things that you are doing in the industry. How do you explain yourself? What's your intro to people? What's your elevator pitch? It's a great question. Um, so I am, I, I, I kind of feel kind of kooky saying this, like I'm a coach. Um, because if you go on Instagram right now, everybody's a coach. Yes. <clears throat> but, yeah. Well, I'm a father and husband first. Let me say that. Mentor yes. of mine. I told him about all the hats I wear. And he was like, you forgot one. You're a father and husband. <laughs> I was like, that's why you're my mentor. <laughs> so that's my first thing I do. And then I'm a salon owner. My wife and I own a salon in Greenville, South Carolina. And then a couple of years ago, coaching kind of fell in my lap. And then last year in 2021, I got a I've always had a passion for leadership and culture. Mm -hmm. And I started going into salons and seeing that there was a, one salon said, hey, I have a manager. She needs leadership development. Where do I send her? And I just kind of stalled. And I was like, well, there's podcasts, there's YouTube, there's books, but like there's no real path unless you want to go to like Disney or John Maxwell and you're going to spend, you know, eight to 10 grand. Right. And a fire started in me and I'm like, this might be a time for me to start focusing on leadership and culture in the salon industry. Yeah. And so that's that, that's a long elevator pitch, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. That explains what you're doing, I think, perfectly, because there are so many different pieces. But I think um, what you're doing more now is more of the coaching and is more of like traveling and just like really being a resource for people in the industry um, to have an understanding of of what all of this means. And like you were saying earlier, like the relationship part of it, like really making sure that people are connecting with brands and understanding like the salon side of it. So there's a lot, but I love that you're wearing so many hats. I think that that's amazing. And I think it keeps everything interesting and exciting too. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you do the Enneagram? I, you got me on this. Wait, oh, didn't yeah, we, I text you? Wait, I yeah. texted what, you what after you? last time. Was I seven? No. Oh, you gotta be a seven. Was I? Because I'm a seven. But remember I texted you and I was like, this, what is this This might mean? last all day long with two sevens. So <laughs> prepare yourself for three hours. Ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I texted you and I was like, okay, I took the quiz. What does it mean? Like, I didn't even look up what it meant. I was That's like, I'll just let hole. Evan tell me what it is and what it, but it was something, the one thing that you said made sense was about like the being driven, motivated, like whatever, but also like the feeling for people. People. So sevens, we're like uh, entertainers. We're, okay. Uh, we, there's, I'm a great. I want to change my name to Bobby the Entertainer. Can we? <laughs> can we just make a note? That does roll really off the tongue really well. That? But like, so I love to dream big. I'm not the person who's going to follow it to the end. Like right. I come up with the ideas all the time. Yeah. Which I found out stresses our staff out at the salon um, because I would come up with ideas all the time. Well. Change to, you know, a lot of people don't like change. Uh, well, they do like change. They don't like change that they are not in control of. Mm -hmm. So I had someone in the one-on-one -on -one say, well, I, don't, I just don't like change. I'm like, you're getting married. You yeah. just bought a new house. You got a new car. That's change. And they're like, well, I like that. I'm like, <laughs> you don't like change that you're not in complete control of. Yeah. So I've realized as a seven, I have to control myself because when I change things all the time, I can stress our staff out at yeah. the salon. So sevens are great. You don't want to have a, a salon or a company full of sevens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my wife is actually a one. She's a perfectionist. Mm. So seven, oh, that's perfect seven, yeah. yeah, seven and one. She's the one like, you know, grounded. Yeah. And I'm the one that's like, hey, let's move here. Let's go here. And she's like, hang on. We got to tell everybody the why, what we're doing. So that's awesome. We work, we work very well together. I didn't think that was going to happen when I came full time into the salon. And that was how many years ago? 2018 is when I, okay. we started the salon in 2012. I came on full time 
in 2018. Okay. So tell me about that transition of you coming into the salon and what kind of sparked your interest. I mean, a lot of um, couples, I guess, that we've met. I mean, there's a ton in the beauty industry of salon owner, mm -hmm. um, husband, wife, partners, whatever it is that are that are working together. Um, and it's always like, I'm always so interested in how this works because it's tricky to navigate that change. And most of it happens exactly the way that it happened with you, where there was already a business. There was already a salon. Um, one of the people in the relationship had already been there and somebody else comes in. So how did you get the like, the eye to be like, okay, I want to do this or I have to do that. Like, what was that like? For yeah, I, I guess I saw myself <clears throat> being a part of the salon years down the road, but long story short, my wife came to me and she was just like, Hey, I've grown the company as much as I can being behind the chair full time. <clears throat> and she was like, you know, th that kind of, again, sparked something where I'm like, what if I transition into the company? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Like financially, what does that look like? And so the job that I had previous, they let me stay on for six more months. And we just saved my income for six months and wow. made the transition. So I thought I would come in, <clears throat> I would have the sit at a desk, 30,000 foot view. This is where we're going. This is our vision. And that was so far from the truth. Our front desk person about three weeks before was like, hey, I'm going to go pursue marketing. And so my wife was like, can you wait till Evan gets here? Yeah. Um, so my first day I'm working front desk. Oh I don't, my gosh. I don't know what a half highlight is, a single process. I knew what a haircut was. Yeah. But I made so many mistakes. And now when we hire people on the orientation their first day, I tell them, I'm like, hey, you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're going to cost this company money, sometimes a lot of money. It's okay because I did the same thing. So even though I, I didn't that. plan that, yeah. I gained so much equity, equity with our staff because I was in the trenches with them. Yeah, I had to rely on, like I was asking them, I'm like, hey, do you have a free minute? Can you come tell me the difference between all these products? But what's so cool is what you're doing now, you have the full understanding of the business. Like you said, you thought like maybe you were just gonna be back there like, hey, I'm gonna put our marketing budget here. I'm gonna do this or that. Like you're in it and you might not have, I mean, you probably, I'm sure would have been like the salon would have been just as successful as it is, but all of these other things that have come from it, I think that's so cool that that's ended up um, being how it happened. Cause I just think that experience is so important for you to understand all roles um, and being a leader. Like you're working directly with front, like tomorrow, when you go into the salon that you're coaching mm -hmm. tomorrow, you're gonna be talking to somebody that works front desk. Well, done, you know, like yeah, that's I'm, amazing. Yeah, I think right. that that's awesome. And I don't know that you maybe would have had all of the perspective that you have now had it not happened that way. Absolutely. Because so I, I don't so do cool. hair. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, but I'm in our company when I'm not traveling, I'm in there as much as possible. And I, I have it, see. I have it on my calendar. Yeah. And so I tell people, I'm like, when you're hiring a coach, you're hiring somebody to come in and give you business advice. First off, you need to make sure that they're involved in their company. Right. Second thing is I tell the people, I'm like, if you're thinking about bringing me on as a coach, you need to go on Instagram, find out who works in our company and message them and say, hey, I'm looking to bring Evan on. Does he live out what he teaches in the salon? And so that's the integrity part. Because there's times where I'm like, I have to shift um, what I'm teaching because I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't fully live that out. So mm -hmm. I can't teach that. And so integrity is a huge thing for me. Um, and and that coach. is like a hundred percent what makes you different. I honestly think well, that like, you. just like, just being like that aware of it, um, is going to keep you accountable for sure. Not only with your staff, but to everybody that you're visiting. I think with your staff, that's so important, um, to be like, listen, I, I trust you. And if they reach out, like mm -hmm. tell them, Tell yeah. them how it is. Tell and that's the truth. so awesome. I don't know that there's a lot of people um, that have that mindset. So I think that that's something that's so important. And even if there is somebody that's in the industry, even just like esthetician or stylist, whatever, um, I think that's an important message for them too. You don't have to be a salon owner to have that scope on you. Like make sure that you're operating in a way that when your clients say, hey, you know, she does X, Y, Z, like that, that's, that's upheld. And it's not just on social media or just what they're going to see, you know, when they see you out and like that, that's, that's really what Absolutely. it is. So I think that that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. So now you've been in the salon um, for a little bit. Now you're, you're traveling, but you're, you know, you're there. Um, how is everything going in the salon? Like, do you love that you made this decision to come into oh, the salon? Like, do you love yeah. going in there? And I love it. Cause I was at an organization that was very heavy on leadership and culture. And I guess being in that 
environment, I was like, oh, I thought that was normal. Mm -hmm. But now I'm realizing and talking to my friends like are in real estate and all this stuff. They're like leadership and culture, like every industry needs it. Yes. And so I love, I love teaching leadership. I love teaching culture. I'm in the salon tomorrow um, doing a vision day Mm -hmm. where we're talking about why do you exist? Mm -hmm. Like, why? It's not because there's a lack of salons, <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. why do you get up? It's got to be more than just to do hair or nails or massages. Like there's got to be a why if you wake up every morning and unlock the door. And what I, what I love is the salons I've been doing this with, the one I'm doing tomorrow, I think there's going to be 35 people there, uh, which is way more than what I'm accustomed. Like I like to have like the key people in the company there, right? but yeah. we're going to try it tomorrow. Yeah. But everybody <laughs> in great. that room, I don't think they're going to understand how pivotal, what? Pivotal, <laughs> pivot, say it for Pivotal. Me. There you go. Don't edit that out. <laughs> uh, how that is because companies don't do that. Right. They don't bring everyone in and be like, you're going to get to say a say-so mm-hmm. of why we exist and where we're going, why we're going there, and what's it going to be once we get there. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, I think especially over the shift that we've seen and the shift that's happening in the industry, which I know I've talked to you a lot about. I know we're going to talk about it when you come to the beauty school. I mean, there's obvious, there's an obvious change in the industry. And I think right now we're all just kind of riding it out seeing where it all lands, seeing what, you know, what is happening and and what we're going to do with that growth, number one. I mean, there's just been, and I see it on the side of the beauty school, obviously. Um, I'm seeing so many more people coming into it. I'm seeing so many people wanting to be in this industry. What do we do with all these people? What are, you know, so there's a lot changing. I think this is the perfect time for you to be in the industry. This is when we need you and more people like you um, kind of guiding it. Because like you said, I definitely catch myself a lot being like, okay, we're all going, you know, we're going here, we're doing this, I want to do, but like, okay, like rein it back in. We've got to regroup and make sure that like this step is leading to this step um, and getting there. So I think that it's so important that you do that. What is, what's your why? What's my why? What's your why? Like, do you talk about this when you go into salons? Like, or you, I mean, I know you're working on their whys and all that stuff. Right. My why personally is to find the potential in people that they don't even see yet and mm-hmm. pull that out of them. Yeah. So that's why in our company, we only hire people right out of cosmetology school. Yeah. And I love it because they come in and they don't even see what they, where they could be in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just focused on, I need to learn a skill or I need to build up my books. And it's just like, I see you like on in five years being like, being so successful and successful means different things to different people. Right. And so you got to find that out with everyone that's in your company of what that is. Mm -hmm. If that's time with the family, if that's time like money so you can go travel, um, finding out that success, whatever that is. But yeah, that's our, that's the why for me, the why for our, our company that our team came up with is to impact people through beauty. So just as simple as that. And you said your team came up with. So this was something that you guys all decided um, together. What did the culture of the salon look like when you came in um, versus what it is today? Is it more of that? Is it more of a group? We're figuring this out together. We're like, is that the difference and kind of change that you brought in or what is Well, the brains behind the operation is my wife. Right. Yes. She, she <laughs> oh, did. Oh, we know. Yeah. We know she's the brains. <laughs> okay. That's okay? all the bag. That's all the bag. She did such a phenomenal job. I say she did. She's doing such a phenomenal job. She, when I came in, I'm like, who did that? She's like, well, I did that. I'm like, well, who did that? She's like me. I was like, who did this? She's like me. She was over all the hiring, all the firing she was over the all the meetings i was like oh my gosh i don't know if i would have lasted that so long. did you know that she was doing all of this before no, you came I in? like clue. you had no she idea. would come home and be like oh my gosh i didn't have a lunch i'm like well you're in control of your schedule why didn't you have a lunch whoa yeah, okay I know. wait i know what you're thinking <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I was naive. I didn't know. Here's the hate comments. Just won't. No, I'm just Hey, kidding. do you have sponsors for this show? Do <laughs> we you? do, actually. Hey, let's take a second to hear from our sponsors. The Beauty School Bobby podcast is brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty, the leader in cosmetology education since 1930. As one of the first nationally accredited cosmetology schools in the nation, TSB has been recognized by Modern Salon as one of the top 10 beauty schools in America 
and voted the top cosmetology school in East Tennessee for 28 consecutive years. Offering programs in cosmetology, aesthetics, medical aesthetics, and makeup through MUD as MUD's first standalone satellite location in the United States. TSB has over 20,000 graduates and specializes in helping graduates open their own salons. Financial aid is available to those who qualify, and there's no additional charge for out-of-state tuition. So come see me to start your career in the beauty industry at Tennessee School of Beauty today. Thank you so much for all of our sponsors, and we are back with Evan. So Evan, we were talking about you coming into the salon and what that looked like for you and the misconceptions that you even had of your wife and what she was doing in the industry as a salon owner, which... I love that we can talk about that because I think that that's one of my passions. You know, my why is changing the, you know, vision of the beauty industry and the way that people from the outside see the beauty industry. You know, when I came into it, it was the exact same thing as you. Like, I went into beauty school and I was like, what in the world? Like, these girls, girls and boys, these students are unbelievably smart and so talented and Mm -hmm. people just have no idea. They go see them, they sit in their chair, they trust them with their hair, but like, they have no clue what is going on. Um, so I love that that's the experience that you had. And I'm sure your wife was like so grateful for you to see that. I definitely think that um, there's a lot of people out there, especially in this industry, that are like, you just don't know how hard I'm working. You know, like people yeah. think it's so easy. We yeah. make it look so easy, you know? Um, and so I love that you had that response and that reaction. Oh, so I'm was... sure it just like meant the world to her. Yeah, it was very eye-opening when I got in the salon because I'm like, wow, this is fast paced. Like you guys don't have time to, to sit down, they're like, can you tell our husbands that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I came in, I took over the front desk, the guest experience, a lot of the meetings. I took over uh, hiring and recruiting. How did the staff so, feel when you came in? Oh, this is something we tell couples all the time. Is when I came in, the staff thought I was the greatest thing. Like, And so my uh-huh. wife, when we talked to, because there'll be couples reach out and like, hey, like, Think about bringing my husband on or my wife on. What's some advice? My wife's like, you've got to be okay with your staff thinking your spouse coming in is the best thing. Because we went through a time where my wife was, she was like, hey, we talked about it. And she was just like, hey, can I just be honest with you? Like, I've been doing this for so many years and you come in and now here you are traveling around. Yeah. And we 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 talked through that. And so she was very authentic during that time. And she, I think it was like a few days later, she's like, hey, I, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to travel. I need to be here with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so us working together has been such a, a, a beautiful thing. Like yeah. I was, we're so different that I was like, I just, I just don't know how we're going to be working together. Yeah. You know, I think every spouse has like, I don't and know. Marriage I... is like hard enough and you're dealing, especially <laughs> with kids, like with parents and like all of that, there's just those bumps that you're like, okay, at least I have, at least for us and my husband and I work together um, now also on this project, but you know, it was like, okay, I have my like safe space or whatever, where I'm like, no, home is my safe space. I shouldn't say safe space, but my, my place where I'm like escaping to a little bit mm-hmm. to be like, okay, I'm here and this is my role here. And then at home, I'm mom and wife and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And do so, When like, you go out to eat, like, do you guys just sit there and stare at each other? Because my wife's like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, I don't know. Like, we work together. Do you think ever sit and stare at oh, anyone? Oh, that's true. Like, never in my <laughs> life. You could sit me literally across my wall and I'd be like, this is great. Let me talk to you. Like, no. Like, I don't ever shut up. Like, I do kind of feel bad for him. Like, I sometimes am like, I'm sorry that this is chill. like this. Yes, exactly. Well, exactly like you were saying, where like he's the one that like is way more like detail oriented where, you know, I'll be like, hey, I like have this idea and he'll like, you know, he immediately is like, okay, but what about X, Y, Z? And I'm like, I haven't thought about it. It like makes me mad (laughs) sometimes. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, and sometimes I get like annoyed (laughs) with him. I'm like, no, but you're missing the exciting part. And he's like, but we can't do it without this. So no, that's like how it goes with us. And there is like that balance. And I think because of the different roles that you have, um, I love that your wife is humble enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be okay with this. And we went through it. So I'm going to share our story to help other people. Cause like I said, there are so many, um, couples in this industry that are working together. So I think that's awesome. You have that, but like Mm -hmm. you said, like her being honest enough to say, I had to check that for a second, but I'm good now. And like, you go to you. Yeah. I think we all, We all feel that at some point. Mm -hmm. And she's stepping away from behind the chair on January 11th. No way! so, yeah, it's been a long time coming. That's awesome! But as we grow, 
she's more valuable to our team out from behind the chair than behind the chair. Okay, so what is she doing? What's she gonna be doing? Like what's Sleeping her... in late. <laughs> staying in her pajamas. Um, yeah, right. No, she's, so we're building a new building. Um, so at the time of this recording, I don't know when this is going to be released, but we'll be hopefully by late, early spring of 2023 is when we, when we will be in, but she's going to be taking over. Like there's, there's just a lot of things on our plate Mm -hmm. that are not a priority. For instance, weddings, like we do weddings, but we have so many things we're juggling. It's just like, it's on the list. It's just kind of down here. Like we need to revamp our website. My wife can do that. She's like, that's on my list to do. So there's a marketing stuff. So there's things that, that we do, we do. Okay. Maybe people might say, oh, you do those good. Mm -hmm. She's going to take those things and make them great. Yeah. So So it's those missed, I don't want to say missed opportunities, but that is kind of, we're in a similar season right now. Um, and making some changes to, um, to my husband's position and all that Mm -hmm. stuff too. So I think what's really interesting is there is a point in your career. Okay. And that might be from a stylist, maybe switching salons, going on their own, focusing, specializing, whatever those transitions are that like, when you realize how valuable your time is, and what you could be gaining. So what, mm. like, this is not something I'd like planned on talking with you about with you, but it, <laughs> this is perfect because when do you know, um, and I think there's not like a clear answer because everyone's financial situation is different. Everyone's at a different place in their career. But at what point do you kind of know that you need to at least start considering these opportunities? Like for me, I've always, and I don't know who said this or if I like heard this on like a how I built this or what, but I've heard when things are like repeated, like repetition, right, is like a thing that I, I don't know, I've noticed or since I listened to whatever, wherever I heard this, I've really like, okay, so somebody asked me to do this multiple times or you were saying before, like you had an opportunity and you were like, hey, there's this gap here. I need, I need to take it. How do you know or what tips do you have for somebody that's kind of feeling that where they're getting asked to do more weddings, but maybe the salon that they're at doesn't do weddings and they're like, okay, I could maybe go out on my, I mean, that's just a random example. I mean, there's a lot to go behind that. But don't you think that that's like an important, I mean, that is a part of somebody's career path almost always that you're going to be like, okay, it's time for me to pivot. It's time for new. I'm not leaving the industry by any means, but I'm going to do something a little bit different. I mean, for you all, how did you know? I mean, I guess we can use your wife as the example. Like, how did you know that it was time to make this change? It was like, I'm done behind the chair because this needs me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't easy for her, mm-hmm. it, you know, it like it took me and other people in the company telling, you know, not, uh, yeah, being like, hey, like, <laughs> you thought about stepping away? And so yeah. she went from five days to, I think, three days and then two days. So she's been talking to a bunch of salon owners yeah. about who have stepped away from the chair and she's been meeting with them. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, everyone I've talked to, they've all said, I just did it. Just pulled the plug. She's like, at least I have a plan. So I'm like, you're ahead. And they were okay. Mm -hmm. You know? So, and in our space, we have a stylist going out on the floor February and one in March. And they don't have a chair. So my wife is technically holding our company back by taking up a chair. So when you start to realize things like that, it's like, oh, okay. And so as you're talking, this came... I was thinking about a mentor of mine said this. He said, your purpose is when your passion and your opportunity, an opportunity meets. So like my passion is leadership and culture. And I had an opportunity of the salon world. And that's Mm -hmm. because of my wife, you know, you know, what if it was the great thing about my purpose and what I do is you could put me on a construction site. You can put me in the insurance field. Like it's not tied to, this is just the vehicle I have. I have another friend of mine who just bought a landscaping company. And I was like, are you passionate about landscaping? He's like- You love mulch Yeah. (laughs) He was like, I'm passionate about raising leaders up and I need a vehicle to do that. And this was an opportunity. And I'm like, brilliant. And that is so awesome. I love just leaving yourself open to that. I think that- I don't know. I think there's a lot of times that one of those things is missing 
in your life, but like that doesn't mean it's always going to be gone. Like maybe the opportunity hasn't hit. Like you've got this passion and you're like, I love the beauty industry. I'm so obsessed. I want to go to beauty school. I want to do all of these things. And like, you're just like waiting for the opportunity to cross at the same time to make any change to whether it's, like I said, switching salons or, um, you know, or actually going into the salon. I think with estheticians, this is something that I kind of see a lot is when they graduate, the the job market is way, I don't know if you like work in spas or with us. Do you guys have I really don't. Okay. You I would really love don't. Them. You would yeah. love them. We are psychopaths to that, by the way, because of our energy level. <laughs> oh, my massage therapist. Yeah. I was like, hey, she just started off on her new place. I've been seeing her for years. I'm like, are you going to do hair? She's like, absolutely not. <laughs> She's like, hair people are, I know. they're too was wild and crazy. Like just the energies up it's here. It's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> but when they come out, it's almost like um, there will be an opportunity because it's, it's tougher, at least here in Knoxville, to get a job. And, you know, that's something that we've talked about a lot on the show. It's something that we're honest about um, in appointments at the school that the job market's tough. Cosmetologists, I mean, hired before they graduate. There's so many more opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, and with estheticians, it's a little more like, okay, I'm really interested in makeup. I'm going to go that route. I'm really interested in waxing. I'm going to go that route or, you know, whichever path opens. But I think waiting for that opportunity comes, like I said, at different times. And I think it's just being patient and being ready for that. Um, and so I think that that's an important thing to remember too, is like you might not be, you know, you're in the industry and maybe you're feeling like, okay, I've been in this for like a little bit and it's just not you know, I'm drained, I'm exhausted and whatever, like maybe that opportunity is coming or maybe you need to kind of seek that opportunity out and really find like- Well, what it it's is. going back to what we were talking about earlier with the vision. Mm -hmm. Like what's the vision of the company? I use ex this example in my workshop. If somebody came to me and said, hey, Evan, we could sell coffee right outside the salon. We can make tons of money. Like the profit margin is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I would look back and I'm like, does that impact people through beauty? No. So that's not an avenue we're going to go. Right. But someone in our company is like, hey, I'm very passionate about weddings. I'm very passionate about making people feel beautiful on their wedding day. Is this something that I could like take over and lead? I look back at our vision and be like, does that impact people through beauty? Yes. Yeah. So I think it. So someone who's wrestling with that, I would make sure that I'm in the right place that has that avenue of and we're the type of company where it's like, you know, if it's fitting in the vision and like we had someone want to do lashes. Mm -hmm. I don't know Jack about lashes, mm -hmm. <laughs> nor did my wife. Yeah. But we, she was like, hey, I'm going to go get um, certified. I'm going to go do all this stuff. We're like, does it fit under our vision? Absolutely. Go do it. So we closed off our waiting area, made it a lash lounge. And she basically runs that lash area. That's like, awesome. I've been in there to see her do the staff's lashes. And I'm like. That would drive me bonkers. Yeah. I would sit I there know. and shake. I can't. Like, I cannot. And I can't even, like, go get it done because I'm like, I can't lay there that long. Like, I, they would be like, please shut up. They'd have yeah. to, like, sit They'd be like, quit They'd talking, be like, seriously, please. here's your pill. Go to sleep. Um, there's no way I could do it. But I love that. And I think you being open as a salon owner, I think um, I've noticed that salon owners that have been um, in the industry for, for a very long time um, sometimes have a, have trouble with that kind of change. And it's, like, completely overthought. Like, it's overthinking yeah. it. When you you just made it so simple to say, whoop, does it? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, let's go. Um, and I think you can't say yes to everything for sure. And you have to do what's right for your company. But I do think that um, being open to that and just you're going to keep that employee happy. Like there's so many benefits of that is you show that you respect that employee um, and what they want to do. Because if you say no, chances are she's going to go do it somewhere else. You right. know, if that's something that she's passionate about and wants to do. So I think having that mindset of really like, that's one of the changes I'm seeing in the industry. And one of the things that I think like we're just at this divide right now is you have people doing it the way that it's always been done, right? Um, yeah. And you have certain commission salons that aren't changing anything that they've ever done. Well, that's that's not going to work um, right now. I think we we know that. We can say like doing it the way that it's always been done is just not, we, we're right. not there anymore, you know? Yeah. And so you've got to give a little bit. And I think that what I love about you doing that is it's something little. It's something that benefits you. It's something that's good for the salon too. But what it does for that stylist or that person that wanted to do this is probably something that like, I don't even know if you know the impact. You know, like I don't know if she's ever right. voiced that. And they have more buy-in in the company. Mm -hmm. Like who doesn't want their voice heard in their company? Right, exactly. You know? And that's one thing that we try to do in our company every day. We have 
We communicate daily, weekly, monthly. We have monthly one-on-ones. So like we do company evals, they do self evals. So we're constantly, we, we feel like that we have a great pulse on our company. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody wants to speak up, well, they can speak up. Well, there was, uh, I remember one one-on-one where she came in there and she was like so nervous and she was like, <sighs> and I was like, Hey, what's on your mind? She's like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go out and say it. Can I drop a Thursday evening? Yeah, drop Thursday evening. She was like, I was like, were you, have you been worried about this? She's like, yes. And I was like, yeah, like don't, don't be stressing over this stuff. Yeah. You can do, cause our vision for our staff is for them to win at home before they win at work, which sounds beautiful, right? It looks yeah. great up on the wall, but mm-hmm. it's, it's tough as a leader when you're trying to run a business and then somebody's asking for a Thursday night off, mm-hmm. you know, but you gotta go back to your why, what's our vision? Is this going to help her win at home? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get you winning at home because if they're not winning at home, they're not going to win at work. Yeah. And so that's where you have to get personal. I hear salon owners say, or just people in general, hey, leave your personal things at the door. I'm like, I know what you, I know what you mean by that. But basically what you're saying is, I don't care what's going on in your personal life. I need your performance. Mm-hmm. And there's such a more beautiful way to say that. Yeah. Like, hey, bring it in. Bring it in the office. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But let's not take it out on the floor. Right. You know, for the guests. Yeah. So there's multiple ways. And when you start caring for people and their voice is heard, mm-hmm. you start to get a, uh, a beautiful uh, representation of your company, mm-hmm. who it is. And the guests start seeing it. Yeah. And when the guests start seeing it, they're just like, wow, this is... This is different than the other places I've been. Yeah. You know, it's like they see teamwork. They see people smiling. They see people engaging in a conversation that somewhere else that it's like makes them, the guests feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I read a book a few years ago. So if you take care of your staff, your staff will take care of your guests. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought our guests were our number one priority, but mm-hmm. it's our staff. 100%. And once I start to make that change, I was like, oh. Like this is, it's been a game changer since. Luckily I learned it early on and not like when I was like 55. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think that's awesome. I think that that's, that speaks to so many, what so many people are going through and feeling right now. And that simple mindset change can, can really make a huge difference. So when you're hiring, let's talk about what you're looking for. So coming into a salon, um, I think that we can all be honest enough to say that like not everyone is a fit for your salon. You're not a right. fit for every stylist, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so what are you looking for? What are some tips that you can give? And and how do you handle those hard conversations of just being like, of looking for somebody who is going to be a fit? I think a lot of the frustration of salon owners right now is, um, you know, we're hiring, we poured into you and they leave, right? Yeah. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, I really, you and I have talked about this before. That's why I wanted to ask you this, but I really like the way that you, that you hire and what you look for. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. Well, first off, one thing that set me free, a mentor told me this, he's like, everybody leaves. They're going to, they're going to retire. They're going to go to another salon. They're going to move. They're going to die. Like everybody's going to leave. Yeah. So once Thank I, you for that positive note. Yeah, by the way. I know, I right? Like the, they're going to die. die. All right, um, everyone's going to die. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Bye, Bye guys. Uh, <laughs> <Thanks for watching. laughs> Check out my Instagram. Um, but once I realized these are not my employees, these are people that are underneath my care and I've got to steward them the best I can. So when I walk into a school, it's so funny because I walk in and I don't know the hair. Like I can tell you if somebody's hair is jacked up mm-hmm. or if it's really great. But I go into school and they're like, like they have this, I went the other week and they're like, oh, I'm doing this balayage. Blah, and I'm like, I, and they show me their portfolio. And in my head, I'm like, I don't care. Right. I don't care. Like yeah. we're going to teach this. So that's one thing I need to preface. We have an artist academy. It's six months training. They work with an educator and there's classes and they're, they have to graduate. So I have to preface that because we don't care about their technical skill at all. Um, what we're looking for is humble, hungry, hardworking, nice, coachable people. Humble, hungry, hardworking, nice, coachable people. You give me somebody with those five things, like they'll take over the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could teach you how to blow dry and how to cut and how to color as long as you have those five things. So that's what we're looking for in our company. So when and, you're interviewing, you're like, you're scoping that out. How soon do you kind of make 
I mean, do you spend time with them? Do you put them through the academy before you so decide we, that? Or does that happen before you bring Well, them we on? have a seven-step interview process. Okay. So it's, it's long. Holy cow. We don't meet with them seven times. Okay. Um, let me see if I can remember all steps. Okay. So the first one is I meet with them 30 minutes one-on-one. I can basically get a good vibe, a thorough fit. You know, during that time, I'm like, hey, where do you see yourself? And, you know, like they don't, it's, it's, it's crazy to me how people don't do research on our company before they interview. Yeah. I'm like, you know, they're like, oh. Especially I'm... when you have so much information out there about your yeah. company. I feel like that's the other thing too. Yeah. It's not like you just started an Instagram yesterday, right. you know? Another like... thing that blows my mind is they're like, I want to do commission, then booth rent. And I'm like, well, we don't do, why would you say that? They like, say that in the Oh, yeah. They're like, well, I'm like, where do you see yourself in five years? They're like, oh, I want to own a salon. I'm like, okay, I love your passion. <laughs> is, that immediate, is that an immediate no for you? No, it's okay. not. Because my wife wanted to own her own salon. Um, you hit her up on the right day, she'll sell it to you. Um, <laughs> but I, I think there's that passion, but I think there's a lot of things that they don't see. Right. And yes. we're we're maybe a little too transparent with our employees. I don't know if that's and... possible. I feel like that's exactly what I'd like. I want you to be as honest with me as possible. Well, before, for our, you our know. building that we're building, yeah. we, we've done like, five or six scenarios and I'm like <laughs> we probably should have let them in like near the end because they yeah. pro they probably don't think this thing is gonna be built right. <laughs> they're probably gonna walk in on the first day and be like uh is this ours I'm not sure <laughs> um so the first interview is just me and them I get I get a good vibe if I'm like yeah I like this person let's they probably fit our culture second one is our a group interview so we have a lead team in our company so I like to have one of our lead team people in that interview, as well as other people that want to be a part of the interview process. The third one is we do um, a shadow day. I told you I'm stretching myself here. The fourth one, we check the references, which is usually turns out pretty well. Mm -hmm. I did have one, I called the salon owner and I knew him. He said, you will make one of your biggest <laughs> business mistakes if you hire them. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm glad I called. Yes. I know, because usually you put down people that you like know are going to say right. nice things, right? Dave Ramsey. Isn't that what we're doing? Dave like, Ramsey, I thought that's what we were doing. Dave we're Ramsey, like, he's like, check for references because he's like, hopefully they'll put down people that will say great but things. But if they don't, then that's a big sign. Yeah. If you don't do that and you left right. somewhere thinking that you were fine and you weren't, then that's exactly. something that's okay. Then we do an Enneagram <laughs> test to kind of see their personality, who we're going to match them up with as an Wait, educator. Wait, was I in the process? Yeah. Is that why you told me yeah, to do that? Yeah, you didn't what? make it all the way through. You didn't make it all the way through. And then we do, well, I think that's six. Oh, we give them a job description to let them see what the job description is. And the seventh one's my favorite. We do dinner with them and their spouse if they have one. And so that's more of like, hey, this is our culture. This is our vibe. And I'm also seeing how they treat the waiter or waitress, how they, you know, with their spouse, if they're married to crazy or not. Yeah. So, there's a lot of things, and I think we've only been to the dinner twice and not hired them. Okay. So it's a very lengthy, it's not like you're looking for a position next week you're going to get hired. I mean, that's incredible because I think most places that, like, we've even traveled recently, like, everyone's just hiring. Everyone's hiring. Like, come on in. I just, I feel like that's a mistake. I don't think, obviously... If there's clear signs that something's right. wrong or if it's not a good fit, I don't think they are. But everyone is in such need of Silas. So how often, how often are you hiring? How often are you bringing somebody time. new on? Like, All the time. Okay. Like we just, we just hired a guy, the first guy in our company. And oh, fun. He, he's probably not going to get licensed because he's been graduated. Probably not going to get licensed till late November. But we're okay. just like. This guy's an all-star. We got to yeah. get him on the team. So you're not like, let's fast track this. Let's get you in. No. Like you understand. No, no, no. You don't. The... No, don't yeah. fast track. I've done that. I've wanted to do that twice. But don't you think that that's what's happening? Like don't, I mean, when you're. Oh yeah. You can breathe. Yeah. Oh, you got a pulse. Get in. Yeah. I'm just like, we, we were doing that. I, I'll be honest. and super transparent. I kind of, I took pride in, we were hiring five people at a time. And I was just like, yeah, we're Like growing. get them in. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. It almost destroyed our culture yeah and we were getting our company eval back and people were like hey I feel like we're making bad hires and it's just like oh so we just kind of pause and the great thing if you stick to the process of the seven steps the great thing is nobody says bobby you made a bad hire because 
everybody was involved. Like they came for a shadow day, their group interview, a dinner. Like there was yeah. a, sometimes I'm not in the shadow day, a group interview or the dinner. I'm just in that initial one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was once I, I had to like slow down. I'm like, our culture right now is really, really great. I'd rather have, I, I guess let's back up. Like if you're sitting there in your salon owner, you're like, I need to grow. I'd first, I'd first look at why, why do you exist back to the vision? Mm -hmm. And then you got to bring people in that fit that vision. Yeah. Another thing I'm going to work on tomorrow is the staff core values. Like what do you value in your staff? Like, and the great thing is, is when you hire or let people go, I look at the core values and I'm just like, Hey, these are the core values. It's not Bobby. I love you. I think you're great. I want you to succeed, but right now you're not pursuing our core values. And so we're going to meet weekly, or mm -hmm. maybe this is the end of the road where you're not going to be employed here anymore. Yeah. But it takes, it takes what I feel out. Mm -hmm. So the staff core values, and then we only, I only teach like, let's just have three. Yeah. You're not going to remember like, more than three. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, not going to get to the seven steps, okay? Right, yeah. If you got like this. 10 core values, I'm like, yeah. you can't recite those back to me if you tried. Yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with you and uh, you said a lot of things that have stuck with me, but I think that the message that like I want to get out from you is that is what we just talked about. I think that that's the most valuable. I think the most people need, salon owners need to hear exactly what you just said. I think that um, we've gone... We just overcorrected, you know, I think that we've just come on, get in, let's go, like, just like take them through. Well, then you end up miserable. Your staff's miserable. You lose good people because of those things. So I think, and I don't know if it's just, you know, who we've kind of been around or just like, you know, traveling so much. I've seen that this is just such a common, um, thing. Yeah. So well, they, right we, we don't have structures and systems mm -hmm. to handle that. Yeah. So like this table right here, can they see this table on camera? Yes, no, no. No. Okay. There's a table here. <laughs> Pretend there's a table in front All of right, us. All right. So think, for instance, if I had a table that was this big and I took a jar of Skittles, which represents staff, guests, all that, and mm -hmm. I poured it on the table, well, they're going to fall off the table, right? Mm -hmm. That table represents leadership. Well, you don't, you don't have the leadership to handle the people coming in right. or the systems and structure. But if we went over to a, a large dining table and I dumped those Skittles, they would stay on the table. Mm -hmm. And so before you think about, I need more people in my salon, I think we need to pause and say, okay, I need to develop myself as a leader. And that might be as coordinated financially, because sometimes salon owners can't step right. back from the chair. Yes, right. It's like my money, I mean, only 5% of salons are profitable. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the, that income is going right back into the business. Right. But I think that's where... I helped when I came into the salon is like getting structures, getting systems where it can operate and click where mm -hmm. we're not, when my wife and I are not in the salon, everybody knows. So like we, I created a staff hub website, which is an internal website that has time off. Like if you need anything, if you missed the educational class, it'd be on there. If you need to know what our upcoming dates are, it's on there. the The front desk schedule is on and there. And you do your meetings. So weren't we talking about that last time? Like, don't you do meetings that are like virtual, but they they can go back and watch right. them. Right. So like, we whenever. do we do weekly meetings. Yeah. And I record them on Sundays, and yeah. they're scheduled to go out Monday at ten a.m. So it's basically here's our goal last week. This is what we did, and. It goes and you're this, not having them come in, right? No. Wasn't that the thing that you were trying yeah. to like? But trying to get everybody in like with our split shifts and everything. Yeah. It was just too much. And I'm like, hey, would it serve you guys best if I just recorded one that was like 10 minutes long? They're mm -hmm. like, that'd be great. And we go over reviews, celebration, updates, the front desk schedule for the next two weeks. You know why? Because I would forget that we didn't have someone scheduled on Thursday evening. And I'm like, Evan. Yeah. So I'm like, I do that for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, here's the front desk schedule. We got such and such here and there. And we mm -hmm. go through and then uh, we go through our promos um, every week. So usually by the second or third week, everybody knows our promos because mm -hmm. I've talked about it for eight weeks. So, you know, this is our deep treatment that's on sale this for the next eight weeks. So it's just you can't over communicate. Mm -hmm. Over communication is a myth. Yeah. So we we communicate twice daily in a daily sh or a shift meeting 
We communicate weekly in that meeting and we communicate monthly as a team and we communicate one-on-one each month. And the company eval in December, we scored a seven out of a 10 on communication, which is a D. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Like there's always room for improvement. Yeah. I'm like, if we scored a seven out of a 10, we're communicating that much. Yeah. What were we scoring before we did all that? You know? So as the company grows, there's got to be structures and systems to uphold that. Yeah. When the salon was, you know, five stylists, that was a whole different ball game right. than it was when you have 22, 23 people yeah. on staff. You got to have, um, a, you got to have structures and systems. Yeah. So I know as you've grown, obviously that affects the number of stylists that you have or like what you need to make or what you're bringing in, all that stuff. Um, the new space, are you, is there a happy spot for you for number of employees that you have? Or are you just like, we're going as much as we can, as big as we can, or are you like, we'll stop at this point. How are you? How do you think about that? It's a great question. So I was asked this question one time. The guy said, how big do you want to get, like grow? And I was like, like, first thing I was like, number wise. And I was like, ah, I think, I think I might limit myself if I say a number. So I, I sat down <clears throat> one night, my wife and I, and I was, we wrote out why we started Silver Salon. It's a paragraph. And it's basically like, we want to be a place where marriages thrive, where people can be professional, where we can all get along and be a positive environment, uh, where we focus on leadership and culture. And it goes on and on and on. I was like, as many people want to be a part of that is what we'll take. If it's five, that's five. If it's 500, we'll take 500. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like instead of, I think a lot of salon owners would get Oh, I got to have 15 stylists and you might to break even, you know, I don't know the situation, but if we could back up and say, this is what we're about. As many people want to be a part of that, then that's where we'll be. But you got to have the leaders. If Mm -hmm. we start another location, we're going to have to develop a leader inside the company, which we have a leadership development program. And we got to take that person and say, Hey, Bobby, you've been doing a phenomenal job. We're doing a location in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. Can you go lead that? And you'll probably be like, what do I do? Say, do for others as we've done for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's an an integrity part where it's like, I say that to our leaders because as we've grown in our company, we started a care chart. So it's kind of like an org chart, but like I can lead about seven people, like effectively. Mm -hmm. Managing and leading are different. But I was just like, okay, if we have 22, 23 people on staff, I can't lead all those people. Right. So we had our lead team. They each lead two or three people. Mm. So we know what's going on. Like, we never want anyone in our company to leave. They're like, I, they just didn't care for me. My life right. was falling apart and yeah. nobody asked. And I think that's where after the pandemic, I think before the pandemic was very vital. But after the pandemic, people are like, I want to be... I want to be a part of a cause. I want to mm-hmm. have a purpose. And I want that company to be there for me. Because Gen Z's, remember Gen Z's, a lot of them saw their parents in the recession in 2008 right. lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. They're like, my parents have worked for this company for 30 years. And they just cut them like that. Yeah. And Gen Z's are like, I want to know if it gets tough, mm-hmm. are you going to be there for me? Yeah. Or are you just going to cut me like the company cut my parents, you know? Right. And that I think that, like you said, I mean, you have to like live that and you have to like, that takes time to develop that trust. Um, and yes. you just have to constantly show that just like that person that came to you and asked for a Thursday night, like you have, it's all in, it's kind of like raising kids, like where you have to understand that your reactions are going to be how they react to things, you know? It's and joyful. How, like, and exhausting. Right. But yeah. it's a good exhausting. It is. It's almost like, you know, We've heard it's, you know, you hear people say, well, if you take people out of it, God, this would be so easy. Yeah. But it wouldn't be so rewarding. No, not at all. And I so, think that that's what's so cool about what you're it's, doing. It's your why. Why do you do what you do? If mm-hmm. it's just hair, then yeah, working with people are going to be frustrating. Yeah. But if it's to develop people, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, every day is a new day and there's something beautiful every day. And so yeah. that's, is it frustrating sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Well, I love that, Evan. Evan, you shared so much um, that I'm literally just like thinking in my head, like all of the 
cuts that I want to make to be like this, 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 make sure we put out all of these um, different points that you make. So I think that the things that you're saying are so valuable. So where can we follow you? Where we can we um, kind of see what you're doing or get more information? I mean, I think that um, I think that people can get you to come into their salon. Yeah, um, I would love interested. to. So um, tell everybody where they can. Um, yeah, so I made it really easy, um, mainly for me. Um, <laughs> my website is evansilver.co, C-O, and that's my Instagram handle. I believe it's my TikTok handle. So um, everything on my website's there. Instagram is kind of where I, I hang out. I love doing workshops. Love it. Um, and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I basically, there's not like a cookie cutter way to coach. Everybody has different needs. Yeah. And so the, I do a discovery call that's complimentary. And it's basically to see if I'm a right fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes I'm not the right fit for them. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. And then in that call, it's just like, hey, what can, what do you need help with? Oh, you know, your retail sales. Great. Let's do a workshop on retail. Bring your salon in. I have to make it interactive. Like if I'm just sitting there talking for three or four hours, it's like boring, right. <laughs> you know, so I try to make it uh, very interactive because I'm talking to artists. Right. And so um, I'm a musician at heart. So I kind of have that artist brain yeah. as well. I love what you say at, at heart. We didn't get into it, but like there's a backstory there. We'll talk about it next time you come yeah, on. We, well, can we, next time you come on, like dress in our emo outfits? Like, can I get you to do the swoop again? Oh, uh, yeah, the swoop. And I will like have the raccoon hair and the really dark eyeliner that I had. When I, I was, thought like, it was a good idea one time to, blonde, to um, color my hair right here, just strips, just blonde. I was like, that looked really Wait, cool. Why did you go all? How long was it? My hair was. Why like did here. you go all the way? Because I had long hair, and I just did two blonde, and it looked like I had dog ears. Like everybody's like, you got dog ears. I <laughs> instantly regretted it. I love that. So if we hit a hundred thousand views on this interview, <laughs> we will show the picture. I think that that's. Oh fair. yeah, we definitely yeah, show we'll the picture. I thought you were gonna say we're gonna do my hair like that. <laughs> no, you already did that in your salon. I didn't want to make I know. you. Yeah, going again. blonde is way, <laughs> it's more fun, but it's way more maintenance. It is more fun. <laughs> nobody's ever said that before. Nobody's ever, nobody's ever let anyone know that blondes have more fun. Yeah, I know. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for everything you're doing in the industry. And um, like we were talking before about how all these ideas are happening. Now I'm like, what are we going to do? Like I have so many things I want to try now. So thank you for being here and make sure you go follow Evan. Um, make sure you follow us at Beauty and Style Network on Instagram. Make sure that you like, subscribe, get notified when these episodes are coming out. If you're listening on podcasts, make sure you leave us a five-star review and follow me at Beauty School Bobby. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Thank you.